Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, a podcast where we watch Blizzard Entertainment and all of their games like a robot, like a small, cute robot. I love that robot. I don't even know how to say. I'm getting kind of teared up. Uh, with me this week are two just magnificent spectacles of co-hostery. They are fast and terrible as Titan gods drifting through the great dark beyond. First up, um, she does pretty much everything on the site, and so we will introduce her first this week. Uh, Anne Stickney. Anne, what do you have to this week besides being vast and terrible? Um, well, I finished all of the Suramar stuff. I got my kitty. My kitty mount. Which was awesome. great. Yeah, it's really pretty. Uh, and then last week, I finished off all of the Falcastor stuff. So I have all four of my little feathered dinosaur buddies. Um, Those mounts are pets? Both. Well, I mean, cool. you get the pet, and then the pet gives you a series of quests to complete. And then you compl- when you complete all of those, then you get the mount, and you also have the pet. So, so yeah, I have both. I have four new pets and four new mounts. But yeah, I got the last one last week. Um, it was the Valshara one. He's green and purple. Not my favorite one out of them. I think my favorite one out of all of them is still the one with the blood red eyes because he's just charming in that kind of I'm going to maul you fashion. Well, they all kind of have that. They do. He just looks a little more vicious than the other ones do. So he's he's really pretty. And then, let's see, I got a new pet on Hattie that you guys will see when we do the live stream on Thursday. I'm sure you'll love her to bits. Uh, <laughs> and I'm getting the sense from this that we're not going to love her to bits. No, you will. You totally will. She's just charming and beautiful. Uh, and then, what else did I do? I did a whole mess of stuff this week. I think the majority of it, though, was just, like, finishing off the whole Suramar thing. Like, I finished off the entire thing and wrapped it up and put a bow on it today. And I'm kind of satisfied with where it ended, actually. I'm really satisfied with where it ended. Um, It wasn't as open-ended as I thought it was going to be, but I was okay with that. So, yeah. Alrighty. Also, this this week is as he is almost every week. Um, he's the editor in chief of uh, Blizzard Watch. I managed to stop myself. Uh, it's been like what a year and a half, two years? How long has it been? Uh, I don't know, but hi, that's me, editor in chief yeah, of Blizzard Watch. Yeah, <laughs> Blizzard Watch, Alex. What do you guys do, Alex? Uh, I played Horizon Zero Dawn the entire weekend in a somewhat foolish way, but oh well. So I wanted to finish it before the weekend was over because Monday back to the grind, you know, I I, I just wanted to get it done. So I stayed up like a really late Saturday night and it came to about three in the morning. And I was like, I'm kind of feeling like this game is almost at the end. Like I'm getting the signs that it's about to end. So I'll just finish it off. Um, But then it kind of maintained that, oh, the game's about to end feeling for about eight more hours. And I never wanted to put the controller down because, oh, surely it's ending now. And then it was like 1 p.m. on Sunday <laughs> I finished and went to bed after playing for an ungodly number of hours. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's, I don't know, commendable, like, I guess. It's like, you know that feeling you get like the last 10 minutes of a movie? Like, you don't want to turn the movie off and come back to it later if there's only 10 minutes left, right? Like, it's about to end. I'm just going to finish the freaking movie. Horizon Zero Dawn maintained that feeling for about eight hours of gameplay. I was so sure. It's kind of like, oh, there's only two minutes left in this YouTube video. I'm just going to go ahead and finish it. And then you see the related videos and you click on the next one. Kind of, yeah. And it kind of maintained that feeling for eight hours. And when I finished, I was like, what have I done? But you liked it. You enjoyed it. I did like it. I loved it. It was a great game. If I didn't enjoy it, I would not have put up with playing it for that long in one go. Yeah, I haven't. It's really funny as I haven't played anything new in quite a while, and I don't know if I'll be playing anything new anytime soon. So I've been going back and playing old stuff. I've also been playing like leveling a paladin in WoW because apparently I want to suffer. So yeah, my paladin's like one of three now. You uh, always I, seem to come back to playing a paladin, even though you hate them. I try play. The thing is, is, I don't hate paladins in lore. This is what people don't get: is I like the paladin class in lore. I just hate how they are to play them in World of Warcraft. Mechanics. Yeah, and I've they've never made it so I liked it. And everyone's always like, oh, you should try Prot. And here's the dirty secret that I never confessed to until now. I have tried Prot. It's hot steaming garbage. 
and I loathe it. <laughs> now, that's not if you like it cool. The thing is, is that it, there's a very specific like when I first tried Prot, it was nine six nine all the way. And that's that's years ago now. The problem with World of Warcraft when you're discussing it is that World of Warcraft is basically a game that is built on the strata of previous World of Warcrafts that you've played. Like it's it's like if you go to like Troy and you dig under you know dig through all the layers of the previous Troys that were there because that's how archaeology works and you hit oh this this is when the city was like 800 years ago now we're at where the city was a thousand years ago World of Warcraft is like that I can't play a modern prot paladin without thinking back to when I played it in Wrath because that's the first time I tried it I didn't play one in in, in uh, Burning Crusade. My impression of prop paladins and Burning Crusade was their shields broke a lot because they blocked everything. Yeah. So they would That's like true. we would we would be doing say um I'm gonna use the the proper raid uh, Mount Hygel. We would be doing Mount Hygel. Me and a prop paladin off tank, and my prop paladin off tank had to have some kind of repair thing dropped for him after every big trash pull because his shield would break because he was just blocking everything. That's how they're, um, they're keep in mind back then we didn't have repair mammoths. No, we had to drop some kind of bot for him to repair. Yep. Or my, he'd have the old, good old field repair bot. Or he'd my have favorite to... thing to do back then was um, on my paladin, go protection, get that shield from the sporegar that procked poison on block. And that go... there's a trinket. There's a trinket that made you block even more. Yes. Like the, the Colossus. And you throw a shield spike on there, and you go to the top of Black Temple outside where all those demon hunters are. You pull all of them and just block them to death. Yeah. And you knew it was time to take a break, not when your bags were full, but when your shield broke <laughs> because you were blocking <laughs> a thousand fast attacking enemies constantly. Yeah, you. and this is what would happen. He would literally, like, those big pulls in Hygel, where, like, things would just come swarming on him. He literally would have to replace his shield twice a raid from from blocking. That was my first impression of Prop Paladins. Then I went and actually played one in Wrath, and it was 969, and it was boring as heck. I've then since tried to play Prot in Cataclysm, in Mists of Pandaria, and in Warlords. I have tried to play Prop Paladin in all those expansions, and it's always been painful. And I don't know if that's my fault, for just not being the right person to play it, because I know lots of prop paladins who love being a prop paladin, and I'm totally willing to say they're right and I'm wrong. But I've liked playing a a, a guardian druid, I've liked playing a blood decay, I've liked playing a brewmaster monk, and I've liked playing a prop warrior, and I've never liked playing a prop paladin, and I don't like them now either. Uh, I don't actually have the prot artifact yet so when i have done prot right now it's been using the greens from the class order hall so maybe when i get the prot artifact i like it better i don't know but for right now i'm leveling as ret which is my least favorite paladin spec because it's the only one i can tolerate at the moment and i'm he i'm healing in dungeons i healed one dungeon and and i i want to apologize to you guys that i was healing for i i we I did get through the dungeon, but I was losing my mind, and they didn't. This is the great thing about when we do when we do stuff like we do the leveling stream, and I start losing my mind in dungeons. You actually hear me, and people often think that that means I'm angry at you. That's just me losing my mind because I lose my mind in every dungeon I'm in because I can't do things perfectly. Like I have this real need for the dungeon run to go super smoothly, and this doesn't happen a lot, like because people are real. And they do things like it's not me and an army of bots who just do what I want. It's actual human beings. And so I, I, I they couldn't hear me, but I was literally flipping out the whole time. Like, over every I'm just remembering thing. when you tanked heroic spine of Deathwing. Yeah, it, it was a good <laughs> thing. I did not have my mic open for a lot of heroic spine of Deathwing because heroic spine of Deathwing was an, was an orgy of sailor like profanity that. <laughs> Had, had you guys heard it? It was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and we uh, killed I, it. Once we killed it that one time, it yeah, was fine then from then on I, out. It was just getting that first kill. Once people saw that it could be done, they started, oh, okay. That's what we're supposed to do. And I'd be like, okay, it's over now. I can go pass out. No, we have another boss to fight. No, we don't. 
As that other boss was pretty easy in comparison, yeah. though. Yeah, Madness of Deathwing is nothing compared to. Spawn. Oh, Cakewalk! Like we we did, we didn't we one shot. We didn't one shot it. We it took us three attempts to. Yeah, do it was the same night though. Like yeah, like we got night. our first kill on on Spina Deathwing, and it took forever to get. It uh, took weeks leader, for us to get that thing down. And then leader, when like, we went to Madness, it was like boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we won. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm. Gonna, I don't normally brag too much, but I'm just gonna brag this one time. We didn't get spine till I went prot. Yeah, pretty and much. I went prot and we geared me up over two raids, and I we did spine and we took we did spine and spine and spine and we did it, and I finally we got it down. We, our raid leader's like, all right, I guess we're gonna go give madness a look. I'm not expecting anything. I love how you've got the long suffering tone of his voice down yeah. perfectly. I'm not expecting anything, but we're going to go look at it. And, and then he sighed. And he always did the sigh. That was, it was like a dad being very disappointed in you. He wasn't mad, so, just disappointed. <laughs> jump down there, and the first time, we died like the first pull like, real fast. Cause we had no idea what was going on. Yeah, second, pull, second pull, we're kind of like, okay, me and other tank, we're going to do it this way. Okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And we, we got to like 40%. And we're like, that was 40%. That was three platforms. We we jumped to th- we what do we can we can we do this tonight? And I, it, I remember it was like I don't remember who it was the first person to actually say it out loud, but it was like I think it was it was one one person in particular very distinctive who had like a he had a very strong accent. He was like I think we can do this. Yes. And then next we tried the next attempt and boom we got it and everyone was like that was so easy. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> we were so, so yeah. happy too. So, um. Okay. Tanking on a, a prop paladin does not work for me either, but I do like the paladin just lore wise. I, I like the weapon. If you guys, Alex, have you played prop uh, a paladin at all? No, just... I uh, my paladin is still level one hundred. I have completely lost interest in playing that class. The silver hand artifact quest is really good. I'm if not I... saying you should play it, but the silver hand artifact quest is really good. I kind of feel out... like I need to roll one of those. Um... Yeah test characters just to test that's the cool part right well you have artifact acquisition stuff you don't have to actually play that class you can just roll one of the test characters and then go do your artifact acquisition so you can see the storyline it's pretty neat i didn't know that but i thought you had a paladin i do um she's level 100 and i don't really want to level her well don't you know but you'd still go see the the, i could if i wanted to I guess. I, I guess. Did I did I get her artifact? I can't remember if I got the artifact for her yet or not. I think I got. No, I didn't yet. I need to go do that. Maybe I'll do that later. I mean, everyone I know does the uh, the Ashbringer one first because, well, there's obvious reasons why. But the Silverhand one, I think, is. Actually I was gonna say I don't. I'm not really interested in the Ashbringer one because I kind of know where that one goes because I saw it. I like, saw that one in Alpha. Beta? I don't know if it's Somewhere still the same as it was in beta. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I'm familiar with it. I'm I'm more familiar with that one than I am with the other ones, which is why I would want to do the other ones first. I haven't even seen the shield one. I know it takes place in the same place as where my hunter did did her quest, but I had the other two. I have the silver hand one is good. I really liked it. So, all right. Uh, I guess at this point we should talk about some news rather than just you know reminisce about me going insane in raids. So. uh this week, we've got quite a few stories. Uh, first up, as Anne reminded me before the uh, show started, um, LFR's final wing is out for uh, the Nighthold. The Gul'dan fight is now accessible through LFR. So It if, is just Gul'dan. Just Gul'dan? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you um, haven't finished the Nighthold and you have the uh, Surmar quest to finish, you, you can, can do so. Right? Yeah, you can finish that quest in LFR. You can get your final thing in LFR and you do get the mana saber mount through LFR. So all of it is there. Yay. Go forth get your cat mounts. They're pretty cool. I mean, so, I had yeah. to wait forever to get it cause I'm not actually raiding raiding, but it was worth the wait. It's a cool mount. It is a very cool mount. Uh, it yes. looks, it's looks kind of like the one that was for sale for a while, but better. Uh, well, it's so- armored. The other, yeah. the, the rune saber, the other, the mystic rune saber, I think, is the Stormout one. Yeah, that's the Stormout. Yeah, that one, it's, he's just got a saddle, but he doesn't really have any armor or anything. This one's, like, fully decked out, looks like, um, I don't know 
one of those car shows on the History Channel where they soup up the cars. Yeah, that's what they did to this poor man of Saber. He's got a spoiler. <laughs> He's got his big spoiler on the back. Well, that's, I mean, that's very cool that you can get it done in LFR because they have a lot of stuff this expansion you can't. So. Uh, the Goldan fight seems to be... Well, I mean, I went in and the group that I was with, we went in and when we one shot it, there were people there who had obviously done the fight before in regular mode, which made me kind of wonder, why are you there in LFR if you've done it on regular? I mean, I mean, you still have a chance to get like Warforge and Titanforge stuff, right? I guess, but it's LFR. It's not. No, you not... can straight up. I, I know that for you for a fact you can get Warforge and Titanforge because I got like an 880 cloak at an LFR. Right. Yes. But so theoretically, again, it's raid get... finder level, though. It's not raid level. But if it... Right. But if it titan forges, it could go up past raid the, level. The and gear can still, base. yeah. The gear can get up to the point where it's better than normal. Okay. So a titan forge drop in LFR can be better than a non titan. Yeah. Forge exactly. Drop okay. Well, anyway, um, the Goldon fight is pretty simple if you're a DPS anyway, which is what I was. You stay behind the boss, kill the adds, and don't stand in bed. And that's about the extent of that. There's a button that you're supposed to push. I'm not sure what that button is for because it's nowhere in the raid journal. There's like a special ability button in that encounter. And I tried hitting it once, and I didn't actually get the picture of what it was doing exactly oh, because like I was when, like during the Altraxian fight. Kind of, yeah. And I don't, I don't like I said, I don't know what that button did, um, because it wasn't in the dungeon journal. Like there was no explanation for it, and when you moused over it, it didn't give you any explanation of what it did. It was just there. So okay, well, I'm hoping I won't get maybe to do they'll hotfix something in there to explain what that thing was. So. Yeah. I won't get to see it till tomorrow, but when I do, I will try and yeah. tell people. Those. But yeah, that's cool. LFR is out. That's exciting. Um, yeah. We had a couple of big stories the past week. Um, one of them is also WoW related. I'll go over it now because it's not as big. But uh, in addition to the, you know, the Angoro Hearthstone expansion, we're also getting Angoro Madness as a mini holiday, a micro holiday, sorry, in World of Warcraft. Um, I want to say it's from the Friday the 14th to Monday the 17th, but I'm not 100% sure on the dates. I think it starts on the 17th, doesn't it? Maybe it does start on the 17th and it goes on. It, it's a, um, it's over an entire weekend. I know that much. There was it's something Friday about they moved the date on it because it was like it was originally yeah, scheduled for up. one date. Then they moved it to coincide with the Hearthstone announcements for Ungoro, and that starts on the 17th. So when they yeah. start showing off. I want to say it goes the 17th through the 20th or the 21st, one or the other. Um, which makes it a little different from the other micro holidays because it lasts longer than one day. Yeah, and there's the, the the elite mobs that are appearing during this event. They're like elite dinosaurs, so you know I'm going to be there in Angoro for this because there's elite dinosaurs. Um, but these dinosaurs apparently drop things that are similar to stuff from the game. Like they drop adaption buffs, which are similar to the new card thing. I don't understand what the card thing is. I freely admit I don't play a lot of Hearthstone. Okay. Um, uh, in Hearthstone, in the Ungoro expansion, there's a keyword called adapt. And when you play a card, uh, a minion with adapt, you'll get a pop-up of three options, like plus three attack, or stealth, or charge, or taunt, or something like that. And you can pick one as your adaptation. So, like, it kind of gives you options. You can play this minion and also pick one of these things that will make it better able to deal with that. They the kind of evolve a little bit, like, yeah. like, you know, like a Pokemon or something. Like the Zerg. Yeah, there you go. Um, also, just to duck back to what we were talking about a minute ago, um, Trenchfoot in the chat channel just pointed out that people get legendaries in LFR, and oh, yes, I forgot about that, and that's completely legit. Anyway, moving yeah, back every to the boss, Angoro thing. Yeah, every boss you kill in LFR or in a dungeon or anything like that, if you don't get a drop, it increases your, your bad luck protection. Okay. Legendary, so, yeah. Okay, well, hey, there's that. I didn't know. Now we know. But That's yeah, right. The so the Angoro event, do we know what it's actually going to involve? I know there's elite, from what I was just reading the article about it, I know there's elite um, like mobs that are like max level that will be spawning that you can take down for those buffs. I don't know anything else about it. Like, I, I don't know if there's going to be a cool dinosaur hatchling you can get who will like sit on your other shoulder and get rid of your shoulder armor. That would be awesome, but I don't know that that's going to happen. No one said anything about that. I may just be trying to get Blizzard to do it. By saying this now, 
You just want dinosaurs as armor. Yes, that would be great. Not as armor. I don't want them. Like, I don't want to have, like, the dinosaurs getting hurt. Accessories to the armor. Yeah, that would be nice. Or just, you know, like, like, instead of a backpack, instead of a cloak, because I don't wear my cloak all that much anyway, because there's very few cloaks I actually like. You I want just have a, a baby dinosaur. Bjorn yeah. with a dinosaur in it. Yeah, that'd be good. Or or just, just to have it perched there. Just, you know. It, it, or it could be full-sized and just behind me all the time. That'd be fine, too. Like King Maj, just follow me like around. Like, just looming. I yeah. think that's what they call hunters. No, because hunters' pets shrink. That's they true. shrink and they also do stuff. This isn't like no, the I dinosaur doesn't need to do anything in this scenario. It just needs to loom menacingly. That's yeah, it. I just, I just want King Mosh to follow me around all the time. That would be great. That would just be awesome. Or, or potentially like let me get on its back and ride it, but I don't want to have control over where it goes. Just have it, you know, go. You just want to follow it around for a day. Yeah. Yeah, see crazy. where it takes you. Yeah, that'd be fun. Have an adventure, just, dinosaur none of this adventure. Is happen. Absolutely none of this is going to happen. But I do know that there's like these the rare elites that drop the adapt- adaptation buffs, and otherwise not much. Like no, nothing else has been said about it. Um, the other thing to point out, as far as World of Warcraft news goes, Miss Pandaria time walking. It's finally here. Yep. And uh, apparently very buggy at the moment. Very buggy, but you can get your hands on those jade cloud serpents the the spawn of yulon or whatever yeah, you, they're called you, it like yuli yuli your yuli i don't know all i know is there's a bunch of people that are riding them around a dollar on and i don't know why you're doing that because you can't fly in dollar on as of yet so all you're doing is clogging up the streets with serpent bodies and it's a little it, annoying it is, and that's really the yule yule daughter of jade is the name of daughter the name. of jade okay anyway so it's a really pretty mount I will give you that. It's a super pretty mount. It's just kind of annoying when I'm trying to click on NPCs and there's serpents everywhere. So many snakes. Yes, but it, it, she's right. Um, this is one of the very rare times I'll say this. That is a really pretty mount. Um, Heroes of the Storm, however, I'm going to talk about this one because I don't I, I don't even really play Heroes that much, although I've actually been playing it a little just, you know, when I'm bored um, because we did the, uh, the, the leveling The Ford Azeroth event. Yeah. We did the four Azeroth event, and, and it was actually kind of fun. And it, I think part of the reason it was fun is because, like, Ann and I didn't know what we were doing at all. So we no just idea, like, but I had yeah. a blast. <laughs> They've introduced a new hero this this past week, uh, Probius, who is a, uh, from what I understand, he's a Protoss, like, he drops the beacons and stuff, the pylons. He's a probe. Yeah. He's, he's a probe from StarCraft. He's so, the, the pro, if you haven't played StarCraft at all, um... He's the equivalent of like the Zerg drone or the Terran SCV, where you use them to build your stuff and to gather minerals, and they are like the lowest of the low chump units. So, so it's basically uh, equivalent to like a like you know a work work zug zug yeah work. yeah it, it's one of those guys from from more, if you're more familiar with like the Warcraft RTS Starcraft yeah he's a he's a peon or a grunt he's, he's okay a grunt or a peon the scrub lord wood chopper yeah um, but he can lay pylons and use the pylons to regen mana or power photon cannons and uh, apparently he's very good at area denial that's kind of his thing they actually gave him a backstory which to me is incredible because it's a probe he's the probe from the legacy of the void cinematic yeah i figured that when i saw him because he's doing all the stuff that the probe was doing in the legacy of the void cinematic yeah but that's just what all probes do that's yeah, what they he's do in that the video probe. game. He's yeah, he's that probe, and that's ridiculous. This one has a level of sentience and also um wee mechanical eyebrows that are really charming. I love how games do that. Every game that has like a robot that you they want you to like feel things about, they give it eyebrows. Give it eyebrows. In, like movies too. Like, how do we make people care about this robot? Give it eyebrows. How do we make Wally really sympathetic? Give him eyebrow flaps. Yes. There you go. And even like the Geff in Mass Effect, they made sure their stupid like lamp head (laughs) had movable appendages that could make facial expressions. You never noticed that until Legion because the rest of the Geff didn't bother. Yeah, because you never talked to them. Because Legion's the one they wanted you to feel things for, so they gave him eyebrows. Basically the best way to make an inanimate object express emotion is to give it eyebrows. So they yes. do that with mechanical so flappy appendages and Probius is like the cutest thing. 
I like that he is the bravest of probes. <laughs> he is the bravest and the smallest. He's, he's the he's the brave he's little brave probe. Yeah, yeah, brave little toaster probe. Weird because it's not much different than his normal skin. I didn't see his other skins, so is it? It's not that we've much only, different, really. I think we've only seen the tints for his base skin, right? Because every skin has like three different colorations. You oh, can this pick one's, from. This one's not a different color. It's slightly larger. So, do you think if they if they do like the sports skins, like they do with all of the other ones, they're just going to make him like a basketball or something? That seems like <laughs> like his the th- the three skins they've got up on the site right now. One is very much a different color, but even it's also a different configuration. Like it's blue, but it also has pointier bits. It looks kind of like Alarak does. Um, yeah. Um, okay. The middle so if ones different. Got parts like different. If parts you haven't to... played uh, Legacy of the Void, those those tents probably make more sense if you've played it. Um, there are three factions of Protoss in Legacy of the Void. There's uh, whatever they call like the normal guys. The Dark there's... Templar and then the the Sith. Yeah, there's there's the the regular dudes who are like the com- combined regular Protoss and the Dark Templars. Then there's the Sith, and um, the uh, what do you call it? The purifiers who are like AI robots, and their theme is kind of like black and orange or something. I don't know. That's what this man said that they showed a heroic skin, and it's a Terran Marine skin. Aha. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah, I, I just went to the site. If you hear my mouse, I apologize. I had to look at this to talk about it. So yeah, that's his normal skin, his master skin, uh, which for most most characters, the master skin is just giving them a silly hat. Uh, and then he has a Terran probe skin. Yeah. For Probius, uh, his his master skin is more like more moving parts. Like it's. I, I seriously, I want them to make like a sports skin of him. Just make him a tennis ball, like one of those lime green ones with the white stitching. I want them to put, like, a Santa no, hat on it. You know what would work for Probius for a sports thing? Like, because he's got, like, what? parts out behind him, right? Yeah. He's a, he's a shuttlecock. That would work, too. And then you can say that word. Yes, I can say shuttlecock. Because that's from um, what? Like, like badminton. Badminton, yeah. I was like, table tennis. Car- no, that's a different thing entirely. What's what's backgammon? What? Backgammon's a board that's game. It's a board game. Okay. Yes, badminton. Badminton. No, you were right when you said badminton. Sports. We're real good about sports, y'all. Okay. I know about baseball and football, but the the farther we get away from those two, the less I know. Yeah, Heroes of Storm, Probius. He is adorbs. I honestly kind of want to play him just to see what that's all about. Plus, I do like the Protoss, so... My grumpy secret is I really did not like Legacy of the Void at all. So people are kind of upset it's a, that it's a poorly. This kept is a grumpy balance. secret. <laughs> yeah, um, my <laughs> most openly kept grumpy secret. I didn't like Legacy of the Void at all. So I think people who were fans of it were really disappointed this wasn't Carax because Carax is a character in Legacy of the Void who's very much about like machines and stuff. So people thought if there's going to be a character who's using like cannons and that sort of stuff from the Protoss, it's going to be Carax. So like, oh my god, you gave us this goofy probe instead of Carax. I'm like, dude, the less Legacy of the Void and Heroes of the Storm, the better. Sorry. Anyway, um, so yeah, <laughs> Probius. Uh, also this week, though, since we're talking about robots and new heroes in Blizzard games, uh, Blizzard also debuted a new Overwatch hero, um, which I'm going to let Anne talk about because she wrote the original post on it and then knows a lot about it. So tell us about the new Overwatch hero. Orissa. Orissa is the new Overwatch hero, and Orissa is what I thought she was going to be. Um, Ify, who now we've heard Jeff from the Overwatch team pronounce the name, so we know that it's Ify. Um, Ify, the, the, the little robotics expert that they introduced like a couple of weeks ago, she built Orisa to deal with this attack that had come up. Um, so Orisa is basically, she's a brand new character, like brand new as in she was just created and she's only like maybe a month or two old, um, but she's a robot and she's a big, how do you, how do you even describe her? She's, a she's big, kind of centaur. She's, like she's a, a big, a she's thing. a big robot centaur beetle. She, she, she is a, uh, a, a longhorn bull with a beetle glued on plus human arms. Okay, I guess you could say that. There were a few people She's who like pointed out that like she looked like a robotic version of Manoroth just because the pieces that come off of her head look kind of like his tusks. See, I, and I was I, like, yeah, I could kind of see that. Okay, I'd go, more, I'd go more with her looking like a Nubarak. She has a, a very sim- cryptlordy body type. 
No, the, her Beatles stuff, not enough Beatles stuff. And New Barack is just like totally a Scarab Beetle, like through and through. And she's more like a cross between a Scarab Beetle and something, some kind of other mammal. All I know is she's super precious and I like her a lot. And um, the interesting part about this is that she was built in direct response to an attack that happened at the Numbani airport by Doomfist. Doomfist was mentioned by name, which means that it's incredibly likely that the next one we're going to get whenever he shows up is going to be do- he or she. I mean, anybody can pick up the Doomfist, right? Well, here's um, the thing. Yeah, I was going to say, because the Doomfist gauntlet was the target of the original theft in the original Overwatch teaser, right? Correct. So Widowmaker else... and Reaper were trying to get their hands on it. Someone else has it now, then. Yes. Yeah, so th- th- it definitely feels like Doomfist is the next guy. Doomfist is probably going to be the next person. Yeah. So Orisa's got a bunch of really cool abilities. She is a tank, which is great because we could always use more tanks. And also, I love playing tanks. Um, Alex, do you want to go over her abilities or? Um, you can go over her abilities. I was going to be myself again. I can save it. Okay. Well, why don't you save that? Uh, her ability, she's got fusion, fusion Driver, which is just, it's an automatic projectile cannon. Um, it slows her movement while she's firing it, but she can fire it. Uh, fortify temporarily reduces the damage that she takes, and she can't be affected by ac- action-impairing effects, which is pretty great. It that makes includes... her really strong against a bunch of different heroes. Yeah, and that's not just like basic abilities like Lucio's boop knockback. It's also stuff like Reinhardt's ult. She won't be stunned by it if she's using Fortify. Yeah, you can't you can't charge her and stun her. Um, halt. That one, she launches a graviton charge, and when she detonates it, it slows nearby enemies and pulls them towards the explosion, which is pretty great. Uh, she has a protective barrier that she can throw out. It's a stationary barrier. It's not like Reinhardt's. It doesn't walk with her or anything. It's just a stationary bar- barrier that protects her and her allies from enemy fire. And then Supercharger, she deploys a device to increase damage inflicted by allies within her line of sight. So if you're out of line of sight of Orisa, you won't be affected. But if you're right there with her, you totally will. And you'll get a boost, which is pretty great. I like her a lot. Alex, did yeah, you want um... to be your, your, your normal self? I'm not being. I'm not being entire. I think she's cool. Okay. I but... would like to see if they're if they're going to add Doomfist. I would like to see it sooner rather than later, because I was really hoping we would see an actual like real human character from Numbani, because Numbani has been like a part of the Overwatch game and kind of it's the what little history we know of the current Overwatch crew. Numbani has been an ever-present part since launch right yeah so it's like it's been okay we're always. gonna so it's like yes we're gonna get like a real human character from numbani and through that character get to see their culture and so forth and ify's cool but she's not the one in the game it's this robot who's just been born i kind of want to see what a person from that place is like you know see and for me i kind of like the idea that we're dealing with a brand new baby ai because we don't know a lot about the Omnics and how they're developed and how they're built and how they progressed. And we've got the opportunity here with Orisa to see that from like ground level onward, depending I'm, on what kind of story elements they choose to introduce. I would be more interested in the people of Numbani than another robot. I, I do think the character is cool. Like I totally like she is awesome. I'm glad they added her, but I also want like a human character from Numbani in the game. Well, we might get what that with Doomfist. Who knows? Hopefully. We don't know who Doomfist is going to be. We, we don't know if it's like... Well, like I said, we don't even know if it's a man or a woman. Anybody could pick up that thing and pop it on their fist and be the Doomfist. So, good question. Um, and they weren't really very specific about it. But as soon as they said Doomfist's name in the trailer... Yeah, I may have freaked out just a little bit because this is like direct confirmation. Okay, Doomfist, yes, is back. And we have a robot. And Orisa, I like her. I like her voice actress. And I like her lines. And I like her emotes. She has one where she does like this crossing guard stop move. It's fantastic. Um, I like her a lot. And um, it was, it was uh, just real quick. It was pointed out in chat. And I actually did want to mention that um, her ult, is, like her supercharged thing, it doesn't radiate from her. She places down an object. Yeah. So uh, you don't have to be in line of 
sight of her, just the thing she puts on the ground. Okay. So, and that can be destroyed. So she can like hide it around a corner where the enemy can't shoot it. But if your team is still in line of sight of it, you can still get the benefit. And it doesn't matter where she is. It's where she has placed the thingy. Yeah. It's not on her. It's on a remote object type thing. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Well, uh, we're going to be doing emails now. So I'm going to just give you guys the email address. Uh, It's podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Please put blizzardwatch in the subject line. And that way we'll know it's for us. But first, uh, Alex is going to intro the next segment. Sure. Uh, if you enjoy our show, consider checking out Loot Crate at lootcrate.com slash BW. If you use the coupon code BW, you get $3 off any new subscription. We have this month's crate, right, Anne? Yes, we do. And this month's theme was build, which was actually pretty cool. I wasn't sure what exactly was going to come in this crate until it showed up on my doorstep. The t-shirt this month was Power Rangers, which I wasn't like 100% thrilled with, but I gave it to my nephews and they were totally thrilled with it and fought over it as they should. Um, But the other things that it came with were also pretty cool. Uh, This month included Legos, like real Legos, like brand name Legos, Lego dimension sets. That's what comes to mind immediately when I hear build. Like if the theme is build, there's got to be Legos. There's got to be Legos, right? So, So there were Legos in this. And you could get one of a variety of Legos. I lucked out and got the best one because I got Wonder Woman and the Invisible Jet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I'm super thrilled about that because Wonder Woman was the best one. Although I do have to say that Unikitty would have been an acceptable alternative. However, the the only drawback to this, I was putting this together before the show, right? And I got Wonder Woman put together. And, it you know, it comes with the box and you've got the little instruction thing in it. And I'm going through it. And it's like, here's how you build the figure, which, of course, I mean, you put the legs on the chest and then the head, the hair, and then you give her her golden lasso. That's really simple. But then it says that I need to, like, log into like, start the game and continue building using the in-game building instructions. I don't have the game. <laughs> I, I got it in the loot crate. But according... That's according, how they get you. Yeah, that's how they get you. Well, according to everybody in the chat channel, you can actually log on to the Lego... If you visit the Lego website, they have instructions on the website. So that's cool. I won't have to just like fumble my way through building this invisible jet because there are a lot of pieces <laughs> involved. A lot of very small translucent pieces <laughs> Because it's the invisible jet. Uh, Other stuff that it came with that I really enjoyed. I have a bunch of Tetris magnets on my fridge now that I'm really delighted with because they were Tetris and they're magnets and more magnets is always good. Uh, They also had the typical pin this month and the pin included a code where you could get uh, Power Rangers. It was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers it was a couple of number ones. There was a zero, a number one, and then Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Pink, number one. I haven't picked those up yet, but they're free to download. Um, and then what was the other thing that came Oh, oh, there was a, it's a food container, but it's Batman's head. Okay. Like, Lego Batman's head. <laughs> and you can put like snacks in it and, and screw the right. top on it and seal it. Um, that one I also handed off to my nephews because uh, it seemed like the sort of thing that would be right up their alley. And I have more than enough storage containers in my home. Here, eat from <laughs> Batman's head. Here, yeah, have this. kind of macabre, but all right. Um, <laughs> mm, the delicious taste of repressed childhood It was rage. pretty great, though. I mean, I was really happy with it. I As soon as I saw Wonder Woman, I was like, yep, okay, my month is made. Cool. Okay. And next month's theme, uh, if you sign up for Loot Crate now and be, until – before March 19th, is that right? You can do it yeah, until March 19th? You can sign up for next month's crate up until 9 p.m. Pacific on March 19th. And the theme of the next crate is Primal. And uh, it includes things from Wolverine, Jurassic World, Predator, and Overwatch. Yes! And um, given the theme is Primal, I'm guessing there's something Winston in there? Yes! I'm looking um, forward to getting this one because Winston's I, my favorite. I don't know what's in it, but given it's Primal in Overwatch, I assume it has to be Winston. He does his um, Primal Punch! Come on! Uh, Loot Crate has Loot Crate Pets, if you want stuff for pets. They have Loot Crate DX, if you want to get a larger more crate with more stuff in it. They have Lootware, if you want to look at their fashion. They have the Loot Crate Vault for past items, if you want to, if you miss something, want to pick it up. Um, whatever you sign up for, go to LootCrate.com slash BW, and use the code BW to get $3 off any new subscription. 
Alrighty. Um, now we're going to do the emails, as is usually the case. Anne's going to read them for us, so I hope you guys... Well, one of these I actually picked because I hoped Anne would do the voices. I admit it now. So here we go. And I, I'm so not doing the voices on that. I know which one you're talking about. Uh, I was hoping. <laughs> okay, Wishful so thinking, Rossi. Our first email is from Darken, a rogue, or Darken Rogue. I'm going to assume that Darken is a rogue from Kelthalos, which is good because that's the best class, according to me. And that's all that matters. Anyway, Darken says, hello, watchers. I have a quick question. You know that the Scourge always has to have a Lich King in order to keep it from running rampant? I was wondering the same thing about the Burning Legion. Does it have to have a Sargeras? Why or why not? I love the show. Keep it up, Darken. Um... Considering that Sargeras was the person that formed the Burning Legion, I don't, I don't think that. I think the absence of Sargeras, they would just go back to doing whatever they were doing, right? I'm gonna first yeah. up say that I don't even know if I buy this whole "there must be a, a Lich King" thing. It feels like the kind of thing that a Lich King would tell you. Yeah. You know, I, I've never. Oh, the, the scourge will run rampant. Let them. They won't have any leaders. They'll be mindless, and we have a ton of armies. We'll just kill them, and we'll be out of undead. I don't see the downside. Yeah. Always, yeah. Never really walked back. I kind of agree with you on that. But if we're using their like justification in the game, the idea is the Scourge have been like mentally controlled by the Lich King. I don't think the Burning Legion is the same situation. Like they aren't. No, they're just serving Sargeras or they die. They're running as rampant as they as they can. The, right. The, the Burning Legion is not like holding back. They're no. like they're full tilt going nuts. So yeah, I think if Sargeras were out of the picture entirely, it would depend on who, who was left. Kill Jaden or Archimonde would take Kill over Jaden. if Kill they Jaden were available. Seems to have, yeah, Kill Jaden feels it feels like Kill Jaden has been running the Legion this whole time. Like Sargeras is if he is does not feel like he's directly involved. Uh, we had a Q question today. Someone I think it was in response to something that Alex had said about liking Kill Jaden more than Sargeras. And while I don't necessarily agree with Alex personally, I think the rationales sound in that you see a lot more of Kill Jaden than Sargeras. The last time we saw Sargeras do anything, he was in Medivh. Right. And that was, has... um, that was kind of the, that was exactly like, just because it, it originated in my queue. I basically said, I stood straight up. I think Kill Jaden is cooler than Sargeras because we've never seen Sargeras. And their response was, if we've never seen him, how do you know Kill Jaden's cooler? Because like, well, we haven't I... seen Sargeras, so by default, he's nothing. He's zero. He's meaningless to me. He's no one. So anyone is cooler than no one. I, I, the, the point being that Kill Jaden has been more active. Whether or not you know whether or not you think he's cooler or not doesn't change the fact that Kill Jaden is the guy who's done most of the stuff we think of when we think of the Legion. Like make the make the Lich King kill Jaden, uh, create the original you know horde. Kill Jaden. Uh, send Illidan to destroy the Lich King? Kill Jaden. Um, Co-opt Kael'thas? Kill Jaden. Inter, you know, invade Azeroth through the Sunwell? Kill Jaden. I mean, these are the guy's been busy. Archimond, we, Archimond was summoned, and he attacked Hyjal, and he failed. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of the extent of what Archimond did. It's I mean, like if Ar- you're from Dalaran, you probably hate Archimond, but... yes. It's Archimonde's the muscle, Kil'jaeden's the brains, Sargeras is the absentee. Yeah, he doesn't really... What little we know of what he has or hasn't done pretty much ends with Medivh. And even then, we don't know how much of it was directly Sargeras controlling him like a puppet versus how much of it was Sargeras lurking inside him and getting him to do evil stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, who was actually coming up with the plans... Was it Medivh because he was influenced by Sargeras' evil doing something evil as Medivh? Or was it Sargeras riding him like a robot? I I don't know. The the, the book, you know, one of the best books that they ever put out, um, you know, The Last Guardian, definitely doesn't make me think that Medivh was, was, a, was a drone. Medivh is a very complex character in that book. I tend to feel like he was, you know, he was obviously influenced by, but he wasn't just some robot. Also, oh, keep in mind that Medivh, when Medivh came into his powers and manifested those powers, he got knocked into a coma. And the entire time that he was in that coma, Sargeras was right there with him having a yeah. chat. So when he woke up, he did not wake up the same person that he was when he conked out. 
Yeah, for one he thing, was... he wasn't he wasn't a teenager anymore. Yeah, he was in his thirties at that point. Yeah, so and he that's... lost like this giant chunk of his lifetime. But that really makes it hard to say how much of anything that Medivh did was Sargeras alone versus Medivh acting under Sargeras's prodding. It, it makes Sargeras even more distant because you don't you can't point to anything and say this is Sargeras's plan. Um, so it's hard to say that the Legion really would fall apart without him. They would fall apart without somebody up top, though. Somebody feel- needs to be the leader. Yeah, it would definitely wouldn't be a situation where the Legion would go buck wild without one because the Legion's whole purpose is destroy everything. Th- these guys are on max. They, they would probably continue working on that even without a leader at the helm. They'd just be way less organized about it. You know, I, I, I think we'd be dealing with the same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, anyway, uh, thanks for the question, Darkin. Our next question is from Elemente, who's an orc shaman, and hey, who we know pretty darn well, who says, Thromka watchers, a few quick questions. First up, uh, we'll just go through these one at a time, yeah? Sure, okay. Sure. Uh, first question, why doesn't Blizzard release the Paragon's ebook as a physical book? Um, is it okay if I answer this one? Yes. Okay, sure. so Paragons, for people that aren't aware, what Paragons is, it's it's an ebook that you can get, and it collects all of the short stories, the leader short stories that were released, and it also collects, like, the stories that were all released, I believe, right around Cataclysm. And there's also a novella in there by Mickey Nielsen called, uh, oh gosh, what was it called? I don't remember what it's called either, but I know the one you're talking about, the The, the Highborn. Something of the Highborn. Blood of the Highborn? Blood of the Highborn. Thank you. Um, and that one's kind of like Lady Liadrin's origin story. Um, but it's a novella. It's a short. It's like longer than a short story. Not long enough for its actual own novel release. This was released as an ebook. It wasn't ever released in print. And I don't know if they're going to release it in print. It's only five ninety nine to get it for Kindle on Amazon right now. Um, and I don't know why they didn't release a print edition. I, I kind of wish that they had. But at the same time, I think I kind of understand why. Because these stories, the majority of what's in this book is already available on Blizzard's website for free. It's just that this collects them all in one place. It's And it's comes also, with a bonus thing. Yeah, it's available on the website for free. And I think if, you know, I don't know if Blizzard deals with a separate publisher anymore. Didn't they start their own publishing no, house or something? Now, they have an in-house publisher stuff. now. Yeah. Okay, well... I mean, dealing with other publishers at least, um, the, the the actual like physical viability of short story collections is not very high. It's not super huge. There's not um, like a big call for it as much as there would be with like a tie-in novel. That's not really something a bookstore is going to put on their shelf because it's the kind of thing only a WoW player is going to buy. It's a niche thing. And yeah, there's a lot of WoW players, but not enough to put it on shelves in every single yeah, bookstore well, in the country and expect let, it to stand on its own. Let's also be honest in that while players have a middling track record for actually picking up the books, they will pick up the tie-in novels. Yeah, they'll pick up tie-in novels, but even then, not like you know, not every single person who's ever played WoW buys a tie-in novel. Yeah, and this so. one isn't really a tie-in novel so much as it's just kind of like a a side release to everything that was going on. It's a really great collection, and Blood of the Highborn was like it made it worth it, made it totally worth the purchase. Um, as far as I was concerned. Well, because... also Kindle Kindles are cheap. Kindle books and eBooks are general are cheaper than releasing them through like an actual physical copy yes right like i said it's like 5.99 and the thing about kindle is you don't need an actual kindle to to use it that there's an app there's a kindle app for almost every i think tablet and even phone out there right now um and you can just download it and read it at your leisure uh which the convenience factor on that a lot more people are liable to buy like an ebook compilation of that kind of a thing than a physical book would i like a physical book yes because I will find a spot for it on my bookshelf. But I think that the sales kind of have to warrant it. And yeah, in this case, for, I don't think that the sales warranted it or they would have come out with a physical edition. Yeah. And for ebooks, you know, once you get past the writing and paying an editor slash proofreader, um, there's no production costs for like getting the book to people. Nope. Uh, if it's not, if it's going on bookshelves, you have to pay for for materials you have to pay to have it printed and this and that um if you just put an ebook uh you're paying for bandwidth that's it (laughs) 
It's um, you can put out a wider variety of content. You know, something that's more niche, like a short story collection, or like a poetry collection. And you can so keep the price low. Five... Yeah. And it's not like they didn't have the stories already. Yeah, I mean, they they had all of this stuff already. So yeah, I don't. I don't know if we're going to see a physical book edition of it. I, I imagine that if enough people ask for it, maybe they'd consider like publishing that in-house. But considering that this collection was released, I think it was Simon and Schuster that released it. Um, the world of publishing is weird and I don't really understand it. So I don't know if they can just say, okay, we're going to make a print collection of this. We're going to take it from Simon and Schuster and just like publish this print version ourselves. Or if there'd be like a conflict or what kind of con like, it's a wild and weird world of publishing. So it's a good question on whether yeah. or not they could release a print edition, even if they wanted to. Um, I would guess Simon & Schuster owns the rights at least for a while. Yeah, just the publishing rights. Right. Not the material, just the right to publish that material. Okay, so next question is, would you buy a dungeon journal or an archaeology book? Like, I'm assuming a coffee table book? Yeah, if it just reproduced what we already have in the game for those things, then no. It would have to have, like, cool art and maybe some other stuff before I would buy it. Yeah, I mean, if it's just the literally the in-game Dungeon Journal archaeology book, no, I don't find that stuff particularly intriguing in-game. I mean, the Dungeon Journal, it's what, like half a paragraph describing somebody? I, I, it's not even for me. It's not even that it's not interesting. It's just I have it. That's true. Like, it's I, in the game. Yeah, it's, it's not like we chronicle. There's a nothing whole bunch unique of stuff. about it. Yeah, chronicles a whole bunch of stuff I don't normally get. So yeah, I would. It's not interesting to get stuff I already have. I think, I think the only way that I would purchase something like that is if it expanded on what was already there, like a dungeon journal book wouldn't just have like the entries for the dungeon journal but it'd actually like tie it all together and talk about the story behind the dungeon that kind yeah, of thing yeah something that expanded it something that if you had really really cool art of all the various bosses and you had an overview of you know Blackwing Lair this hidden fortress once you know ruled by the the, you know, the dark iron doors maybe with like some of, development you know, art of like yeah. the different areas and things like that that would be pretty cool even but, like you know, like they used to have back behind the scenes stuff that they yeah. would put on the web, like where Eo and Eon would talk about when we designed this dungeon, what we were going for was like, stuff like that would be great. But if it's just what we have in the game now, then no. I think it'd be a pretty cool coffee table book if they expanded on it. Um, archaeology, eh, I don't think I'd buy an archaeology book because there's really not enough there to do stuff with, and archaeology has changed so much that yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't know if I'd want something like that. Um, it would have to have some really cool artwork in it. Okay, so uh, third and final question from Elemente. What other print material, not talking about tie-in novels, would you like Blizzard to publish? Alex? Overwatch comic? The good, like, high-quality, regular Overwatch comic. I'm not super interested in... Like, I know they were... They canceled that graphic novel... And graphic novels are cool, but Overwatch seems like it's custom-made for, like, actual comic book stuff. And there just isn't any. <laughs> After all, you know, the game has been out for, what, a year now, maybe? I don't know. I don't actually know, but it seems It'll like... It'll be a year in May. It seems like they would have had enough time to get something Overwatch print-related done by now. There's just nothing. What about you, Rossi? Oh, I can think of a lot of things I would like, but the problem is is that they kind of... If we're not talking about tie-in novels, like for World of Warcraft, there's pretty much nothing else. Like, a Book of Cain type thing would be neat, but that's kind of what Chronicle is. So, basically just keep doing Chronicle and I'm happy. Um, I think StarCraft is the place where they could do a lot more stuff, but I almost feel like print might not be the right medium for it. They like actually, StarCraft, you almost... They've you actually know, they done have a, StarCraft books. Yeah, they've done a fair amount of StarCraft stuff that like everything StarCraft, they don't seem to give it... They don't push it enough. They don't push it like oh, the, the Timothy Zahn is Timothy Zahn's writing your StarCraft novel. You make a big deal out of that. Right. Yeah. You, I, I should be hearing a lot more about the Timothy Zahn StarCraft novel. It should be everywhere. That dude is huge. 
That's, you know, I, I am baffled by it. So, you know, I think right now, tie-in novels are kind of pretty much what I would want. That's, that is what I'm looking for. I would like to see more material. So for work, I, I'm the only reason I'm not saying, the reason I'm not saying I want Stargraph comics is because Alex already said comic books for Overwatch. So, um, for Warcraft specifically, I would actually like to see, like, I don't know. I don't think I would want to say less direct tie-in novels, but they're not my favorite thing. I think it would be cool if they had just novels set in Warcraft that are just kind of self-encapsulated stories with their own characters. It's like, Hey, this, these adventurers are going on adventures hey, in Azeroth. If we're going to do that, honestly, if they're going to do that, you know what I really want, what I've wanted for years? I want a life story of Anduin Lothar. Where did this dude come from? He's the descendant of the, of the you know, Thoradin bloodline. How'd that work? Where did he come from? How did his family get... To, did they go to Stormwind with everybody else? Who's his mom and dad? Is his sister Taria, you know, is his sister Taria Wren? Is she the queen? Was she the queen? Does that make him, you know... I want all these details that we don't have. That, that Yeah, write that book. Or have me write it. I... I don't know if I'd necessarily want that story. I kind of, I kind of feeling I'm kind of on the same page with Alex, where I'd like to see like books or novels or that kind of thing, where it was like not necessarily main characters in the Warcraft canon universe or anything, but like spinoff stuff, where it's just these are stories that take place in that universe, um, sort of like well, Traveler. Um, the, Wasn't the, the manga series... was that? Huh? The manga was like that too. Yeah, the manga was like that. The manga had... It was kind of like an anthology series that had a bunch of side stories. But there were main canon characters involved in some of them. It's just other ones were just side characters or little things. Like, there was a, a really good piece about the Darkmoon Fair in there. There was a good thing about, like, the origins of the Headless Horseman, that kind of thing. I really liked those manga anthologies, and I wish that they'd bring those back again um, and give it another shot, particularly since they're doing their own publishing right now. I mean... Why not? It'd be pretty cool. Uh, the other thing I'd like to see... Yes, I would love to see an Overwatch comic book series. Absolutely would. Um, I was kind of upset when they cancelled the graphic novel. <laughs> I was really looking forward to that graphic novel, you guys. I was really looking forward to it. But the other thing I'd like to see for Overwatch in particular, because there's not really... Uh, I mean, you can go to the website and kind of pull the pieces together on your own just by looking at the different hero profiles and that kind of thing but I'd almost like to see some kind of like hero primer overwatch primer book that like pulls it all together in one place sort of like what the ultimate visual guide does but for overwatch um, one of but the, if you um, want someone to write that I'm available one I'm of just the, saying one of the reasons I wasn't too beat up about that graphic novel cancellation even though I want that stuff from overwatch I do yeah it I'm not as interested in, like, what did Soldier 76 and Ana do when they were young? Like, that's not where we are, right? Like, that that's, that's Yeah, but done. that's part of the history of the game, and I'm kind of interested in that history. The thing is, is, like, what I'm thinking about is more, like, current-day characters, how they came together, what their background stories are, that kind of thing. It's all there on the website, but it's not really collected together in a way where you could just sit down and read it. Yeah, and I'd, I'd love to Blizzard, see it in a book where you could sit Blizzard down and read it. Basically, do the Book of Cain for Overwatch. Not really a Book of Cain, because you don't need to go into all of the bits and details of history or anything like that. That's why I was talking more like an Ultimate Visual Guide kind of thing, because the difference between the Ultimate Visual Guide and Chronicle is that the Ultimate Visual Guide was more like a primer for beginners that don't really know anything about lore. So it kind of, you know summarizes everything very succinctly but it ties all the pieces together so you can read it from beginning to end and get a general kind of broad overview of what the Warcraft universe is like I'd like to see something like that for Overwatch just saying I want the current roster in the modern day of Overwatch doing stuff and fighting crime and going on adventures I'm not too concerned about what happened when Soldier 76 was a blondie I just yeah. want them to establish that the fan theory that Farah is Sevilla Seventy Six's daughter is wrong. <laughs> I, I want that established. Correct. I don't oh, think that's correct. It's a fan theory. I've seen it on lots of videos. I want them to just establish that it's wrong. That's okay. just straight up establish that it's wrong, so we can move on. That's a rule of Overwatch. If you can think it, somebody has proposed that fan theory. 
Probably, yes. All right. Well, um, I think that pretty much wraps us up for today. Uh, as far as emails go, we have a bunch of emails left over, but that's okay. We can carry them forward to next week. No big deal. Uh, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the name word Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening, and we will be here next week. 